All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., Jesse Cofield holding it down for us at the DraftKings studio in Boston. We are brought to you by Wrangler, made for the ride of life. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order with promo code GOJO15. Awesome show for you guys. As always, download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating. Check us out on DraftKings YouTube channel, DraftKingsNetwork.com, Samsung TV Plus, and more, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. That is all five days a week, live, right here. And a fun one today, packed house coming across the board. So, We've got Shea Serrano and Jason Concepcion from their new podcast, Six Trophies, that are joining us to talk about the NBA season that kicks off tonight. We've got Xavier Howard, Miami Dolphins cornerback, who's going to join us. Let us know how they're responding to a little bit of adversity right now. And then Carissa Thompson, one of the great members you see on that Amazon TNF Prime broadcast, breaking it down for you. Everybody going to be here. But, Dad, weird, uh, weird, weird, weird week in the NFL this week that got capped off on Monday Night Football last night as the my, the San Francisco 49ers lost to the Minnesota Vikings, which is a real sentence that I just had trouble saying out loud for all the reasons that you'd expect. And, Dad, that was 
a somewhat dominant performance yeah, from a was. Minnesota Vikings offense that was Sands their best player in Justin Jefferson. What'd you make of that? Uh, I made of it too that Kirk Cousins threw the ball 45 times. It was not sacked once by that San Francisco defense. I mean, this, this was on both sides of the ball, right? Uh, that defense is normally much more aggressive and gets on the quarterback. And certainly for the offense, you know, Debo Samuel was out. Uh, Trent Williams, their left tackle, was out. But, they, you know, you still have the weapons. With Christian McCaffrey had a couple more touchdowns and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. So it's not like the cupboard is bare when one of their weapons in Debo Samuel is out of the game. But credit Minnesota, who does not have a great defense, but we talked about with Brian Flores how aggressive they would be uh, in this one. But kudos to them. Minnesota, you know, all the talk was – with the trade deadline coming up at the end of October, you know, would Kirk Cousins be traded? Going to be a free agent next year. They're probably not going to be back. You don't want to tag them. It'll cost you about $500 million to tag them. So you're probably going to part ways. So you get something for them now. Now they beat arguably one of the top three teams in the NFL, though that will be debatable now. We'll see. And they sit there at three and four, still two games behind Detroit, who just got smoked by Baltimore. So you wonder if there's, a little more like, oh, you know, so you're saying there's a chance, you know, with Minnesota right now. But uh, a good game by them. A, kind of a crazy between Charvarius Ward, the DB for San Francisco, and Jordan Addison, the rookie for Minnesota. Two times in the, in the first half, they battled for the ball, a ball that was kind of between them. And the first time it was Ward who came up with the interception. And the second time, 16 seconds before halftime on, a, on an all-out blitz. Um, by San Francisco, uh, Addison comes up with the ball and scores a touchdown. It was a pretty wild tug of war with the same two players two times and a half. But yeah, Jordan very, Addison, very rarely yeah. do you get the Jordan Addison giveth yeah. and Jordan Addison taketh away meme apply so directly and so uh, literally in this case. Dad, do you have a problem with that 49ers blitz call before the end of the half, by the way? I saw Kyle Shanahan got asked about that after the game and said that would be a topic of discussion because they obviously didn't like the result. To which I would say, yeah, well, listen, blitzing in that particular instance, I think that was the only instance of sending seven, seven men right. in pressure with under 30 seconds left in the NFL or something along those lines this season. But Traverius Ward had the ball intercepted. Exactly like, Result-wise, right. yeah. it was there. Yeah. Yeah, no, so I have zero problem with that. I mean, even Kirk Cousins said, listen, I that with the blitz, I couldn't get it. all I wanted on the ball. It was underthrown, and Addison, Addison made a great play. You know, he took it from Ward on that one, so he, he won that tug of war. So, no, I don't, I don't have a problem uh, with that call. I, I mean, the amazing thing here is Minnesota did this without Justin Jefferson. And so somebody had to step up. Remember, Thielen's gone to Carolina. That was the one-two punch for a few year, couple of years there. Now Jefferson's going to be out, and Addison steps up in a big, big way for a, for a monster win, which has us on both sides saying, okay, can Minnesota maybe make a run? And on the other side, it's like, is San Francisco as good as we think? Because I'm not going to lay this on the fact that you were, you know, you you lost your left tackle, Trent Williams. By the way, I think I think Minnesota had one sack in this game. It's not like Purdy was getting hit on every sure. single play. And you didn't have Debo Samuel, who certainly is a weapon both running the ball and catching the ball. But as I said, you have three other weapons in Ayuk, McCaffrey, and Kittle. So I can't put my finger on that. Though I'll say, if you're just missing one guy like Debo Samuel and this happens, then that that's on you. <laughs> you know, that's that's not on anybody else. No, now you mentioned Ayuk, Kittle, Christian McCaffrey. 
CMC goes 15 for 45 rushing. George Kittle probably has the best day of the bunch, 5 for 78 as a receiver. But Christian McCaffrey, the only one of that group who gets a touchdown, he gets his 16th straight game with a touchdown in this one. And, Dad, I appreciate you bringing up all these actual stats and names, but really we know who this win falls squarely on the shoulders of. Scott Stapp and the fellows at Creed. The Vikings now oh officially 2-0 and when playing Creed's 1999 hit higher in the pregame. They joined the Texas Rangers in this phenomenon where we have now weaponized Creed. In 2023, we have figured out how to take this precious resource and turn it into a weapon that can go out here and conquer anything there. I can't believe you weren't going to get credit to them. Well, and I apologize. You know, so Thank I, you. Is Creed taking over for Taylor Swift? about the success Ooh. of the team that they follow. Is there, is there a battle royale going on here on, on which, which you know, entertainment group or person, in this case, in Taylor Swift, helps their team more? Well, guys, I will say also the Vikings did troll the 49ers by copying their pregame boombox routine, which yes. Cleveland also did. So now teams that have copied mm. the boombox ritual – have both come out and beat the 49ers. So so what we're I think what we can piece together here cuz that's a great point Jesse is now if you are a team that's playing the 49ers and who do they have Cincinnati. coming up next in the schedule? Cincinnati. So you've got Cincinnati coming yeah. up. Perfect swaggy team to do this. If you're Cincinnati, you've got to do the boombox bit pregame and on the boombox has to be playing higher by Creed and wow. you'll go out there and absolutely destroy the 49ers if you combine both of those two things together. So we figured out the winning formula for everyone going forward. Dad, you mentioned the winning formula for Minnesota in this game. Zero sacks allowed. Kirk Cousins dropping back 45 times, only pressured on 25% of those dropbacks. Yeah. And part of that certainly goes to personnel in this game. You want to give credit to them. Dalton Reisner, who got picked up a few weeks ago by this team, who was a free agent. Off the couch. for the injured Ezra Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, shout out to off the couch. Justin Pugh, our very own. You had him do that. Um, you know, Christian Darsaw, who's been playing great ball at a lot right. of different junctures this season, looked good. But this was holistic. Kevin O'Connell and company put together an incredible plan on offense that gave these guys help at different junctures, made use of the tight ends in protection. There was a lot of max protection. But Kirk Cousins also just stepped up and made big plays. He was given time, but late in that game, under duress, Kirk Cousins made things happen, and he continued to make it happen downfield without Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins finished 9 of 12 for 201 yards and two touchdowns on passes over 10 air yards down the field against the 49ers. He was plus 22.2% completion over expectation. It was a sensational performance for primetime Kirk Cousins, this thing that we were told for so long was his hang-up against the best defense in the NFL. Kirk Cousins went out without his best weapon and absolutely shredded and deserves a ton of credit for making it happen. This is going to be become a question. Is it or is it not? I mean, that's is Kirk Cousins, what's going to happen the rest of the year? What if they were to overtake Detroit? And win the division and make the playoffs. I mean, Kirk Cousins now, that was his 50th 300-yard game. There have been four other quarterbacks that have done that in 12 seasons. And their names are Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Peyton Manning, and Kurt Warner. That's a pretty good company. and that's what they, But that's what's been talked about kind of with... Um, with Cousins because he hasn't won anything as the compiler, you know, yeah. and, and he's had some some big yeah. time games, but you wonder what's going to go on there. Again, you have Justin Jefferson, Addison stepping up. Can do do you what? This is going to be interesting. It was like trade Kirk Cousins no matter what, 
Now, you know, and, and I don't know if they were going to, because again, it's very sure. easy to say trade somebody. You got to have a trade partner who's willing to give up assets for it. I heard the last round people talking about Cleveland, you know, trade them to Cleveland with Deshaun Watson being hurt. You have a great defense, have a quarterback that can maybe lead him a little bit there in, in a one-year rental because Deshaun Watson isn't going anywhere. Uh, but but I, I listen, after seeing Detroit get blown out, you know, Minnesota's looking at, again, two games behind them, but a lot of season left to go and a lot of, eh, you never know what can happen situation. Well, I think this is what happens, and this will be a good segue to when we talk about Brock Purdy, who, by the way, do you think after the game, Kirk Cousins went over when they do the quarterback handshake, do you think he, like, accidentally slipped and called Brock Purdy's son? Because, oh. like, in the best ah. version of events, Brock Purdy's staring at his future. Like, Brock yes. Purdy is supposed to, like, swallow some... I don't know which Pokemon evolution stone it would be. Maybe the Thunderstone or, like, the Coles Cash Stone and become and evolve into Kirk Cousins. That's what his destiny is. And so I didn't know if they had that special moment after the game. Because, Dad, <laughs> a lot like we're going to talk about with Brock Purdy, I think the conversation around the Vikings has been interesting the last couple of years. They were a bad, good team last year. Meaning we all saw the flaws, but their record, especially in close games, got them to the point where they were a playoff team and had a lot of people overrating them even though we looked at the actual football and said part of this doesn't really add up and so much of that was close games turnover margin stuff like that this year it's totally flipped where the Vikings have had some of the worst fumble luck in the NFL coming right. into this game yeah in terms of turnover differential the San Francisco 49ers were the best team in football they were plus seven or plus eight in the turnover margin right. this year the Vikings were second worst and that was including a league high law nine lost fumbles yeah like that's that's an outlier you know you talk to Aaron shots over at FTN or anyone around analytics a lot of turnovers especially fumbles and fumbles lost end up being somewhat random there's a little bit of luck associated with that in a sport with a weird shaped football and so dad what we're seeing is the Vikings last year had an overwhelming amount of luck the Vikings list this right. year have had an overwhelming amount of bad luck and if that evens out at all the way it kind of did last night for them you look at their remaining schedule the Vikings had lost one score game so far this season against the top the number five seven 14 and 15 teams in terms of DVOA rankings so their metric of efficiency ratings there in the next seven games after this they're facing six teams between 21 and 30th in overall DVOA, and the other team is the New Orleans Saints. So the schedule is going to get a bunch easier from here on out. And if that turnover math evens out at all, I don't know if I would pick them to overtake the Lions at this point, Dad. I don't want to overrate that one loss for Detroit against a really good Baltimore team. But in the NFC with an expanded playoff, and now where my prediction about the Rams is maybe looking a little bit less uh, cool overall for them being a playoff team in this, the Vikings are absolutely going to be within range of that. I think right now, in the if you ended the playoffs today, they'd be like the eighth seed, so just on the outside looking in with a chance to get a whole lot better with that schedule. And I still, and I'm sure they're still looking at the division because they still have the Lions twice. You always love when the yep. matchups are, and for both these teams. So you look at it. So Detroit is sitting at five and two, Minnesota three and four. So two games behind. They haven't played yet. They play two of the last three games of the season. They play on the Christmas Eve, December twenty fourth, and then they both have a game, and then they play the last game of the season on January seventh. So two of the last three games are these two teams being matched up. So we'll see where we are at that point. And for San Francisco, oh by the way, they're five and two. Seattle. 
is four and two. Yeah. So they both only have the two losses, and they play two games in a three-game stretch. They face each other November 23rd, then they go their separate ways, and then again on December 12th. So two of their three, the two or three games for the 49ers is against the Seahawks. So it's going to be real interesting when, and that's what I love is they both still have both their matchups within their divisions. Divisions we were kind of handing for sure to San Francisco, and we wanted to see a little bit. And before last week's game, we were handing it basically to Detroit until they got smoked by Baltimore. Now it's a little bit of a, okay, let's, let's, now we got to wait and see a little longer here. Yeah, it will be very interesting, especially with the 49ers. And you heard uh, from Fred Warner after the game, who thankfully entered the game. He went down for a second and looked pretty right. scary, but came back in pretty quick after that and said, hey, we got to learn how to win some of the ugly games here. We know we can win 30-10. to 10. We know we can blow people out. But when you get into a closely contested back and forth like this, that's a little more what the concern. Although, Jesse, if you are the 49ers or anyone putting money on sporting events here, oh there is one thing that at the very least oh. you count on with this 49ers outfit right now this is insane death taxes and Christian McCaffrey scoring a touchdown so we mentioned it earlier he hit 16 games in a row after scoring on Monday night so he's one shy of matching the longest streak in NFL history which is Lenny Moore from 1963 to 1964 so this is the stat that you're talking about here if you started with a $10 on McCaffrey anytime touchdown and rolled over the winnings each game from that original $10 bet, you'd be up to $48,089.15 on the DraftKings Sportsbook. That's a lot of cheddar, fellas. Boy, for a $10 bet and just, yeah, just keep rolling it over would be amazing. But I love the fact that the record is Lenny Moore back in 63 and 64. Does that, you make, know, you, that, that make you feel warm and fuzzy there going back re- to your childhood, Dad? It really does. Well, when Lenny. I was doing, the, when I was doing the, the game last week and we were talking about, you know, um, uh, what, and sitting here drawing a blank on my game last week, my, 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 my Sunday nighter uh, already. How, how am I drawing a blank on I that? don't remember it either, and unfortunately, <laughs> I'm not going to get to I'm your, I'm your son, which means my memory is even worse than yours. So is, is, Isn't that awful? Uh, unfortunately, yeah. Lenny Moore is going to have to oh, play in the before times. How, how, about the, how about the Dolphins and the Eagles? Yeah, it was actually in Philly. It was the, the Kelly oh, Green. Right. How about you that? You didn't get any swag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, got, I got no swag at all. Uh, but uh, I, I just love you know, some of the records and some of the games I have done, records that were going back to receiving records back in the 50s and the 60s which is really amazing considering we're in in the passing uh, game that we are now of what some of the guys actually did you know back in those decades actually pretty cool Christian McCaffrey is just absolute money but I'm trying to sit here and figure out what's what's going on with San Francisco again well, Mike it, it can't be that Debo Samuel and Trent Williams are out they're, they have too much talent for for to sit here and say you know what that's the reason they're not winning games no I, I mean no I, I look kind of at the defense like that was the side of the ball that was healthy and had all their dudes and the fact that you didn't get to affect Chris uh, Kirk Cousins even once in that game I mean you only had six quarterback hits in there they got yeah. close but not getting home that's supposed to be the best side of the ball like dad I'm sure somebody disenchanted Genuinely is going to do this thing where they come for Brock Purdy today, and right. I'm going to ask how. Like he's got to own two bad interceptions late in the game. He would. two they bad were, breakers yes. in the fourth quarter. Yep, there's no doubt those are on him. But outside of that, the rest of the game, dude was kind of dialed in. He was doing his thing. 21 to 30 for 272, one touchdown, two interceptions, and sacked once, but looked good. And like we said going into the game. 
while he didn't have his full complement of weapons, they at least knew that going in. And so you could spread it around to Kittle, to Ayuk, and to the rest of this receiving core a little bit more. And I thought more often than not, he was accurate. He was still driving the ball downfield. He made the extra effort play, breaking contain on one and scrambling for a first down. And so I looked relative to him and said, no, he still, for the most part, did his job, but he's got to own those two interceptions. He does. If I'm yeah. looking for why they lost, though, Dad, yeah, he didn't give him a chance late, but you also had Jake Moody missing kicks. You had the defense not getting there. And if I'm going to lay expectations on more people, Brock Purdy, we're talking about maybe on his best day, top 10 to 12 quarterback right now, is I think the more, most comfortable assessment of the situation. Nick Bosa has an argument to be one of the best at his yeah. position in pass rusher. Fred Warner probably is, I don't think probably, is the best linebacker in the NFL. You've got a bunch of those dudes all over your team that, yeah, are a little more dependent on others than Brock Purdy is who gets the ball every play, but I'm not going to dump this squarely at his feet. Everybody no. gets to wear this. He still played largely good enough football oh, to win. Everybody wears it, but again, you throw a p bad pick with five minutes ago in the game and then a pick right at the end of the game, You know, people are going to point to you. The one thing they can't do is say, yeah, you're the big money quarterback. you got to make the plays because right. he's got the well, – I think what, what, well, there was a stat out there that I think that – in like 10 minutes of Joe Burrow time on the field, he makes more than Purdy in the entire season. I mean, it's ridiculous because of the big contracts these quarterbacks make. Uh, and Purdy obviously doesn't still playing off that seventh round money. But yeah, everybody owns it in this one. Though they were late and you look at stuff that happens late in the game and you say, okay, that was it. That's not it. There's a lot going on. And I guarantee you the way San Francisco normally plays, they're all looking at themselves saying, this was not our best effort. Yeah, Brock failed them in some big moments, but this yeah. was by no means a bad game overall no. for him. I think the last two games, if anything, have kind of solidified, all right, this is a really solid NFL quarterback right now that's capable of manning the helm of this offense, but this offense needs everybody, and they might be a little bit more dependent on that whole Voltron connecting and getting together than we anticipated before, as the 49ers are going to now spend some time looking for answers. They get the bye week to help them do that get a little bit healthier and move forward also shout out to trent williams uh proving once again that offensive line are the most valuable players on the field i knew Coming that was up next the texas rangers like their taters mashed baby another night of dingers to send them to the world series next hey dad what do you do when you're out with friends the waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. 
And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. The Texas Rangers are your AL champions, led by Adelise Garcia. Rangers put on an offensive clinic Monday, 11-4 win over the Astros in Game 7. So Garcia, the man who triggered a benches-clearing incident during a controversial <laughs> hit-by-pitch in Game 5, then he had that devastating blow, the Grand Slam in Game 6, was the hero in Game 7, two home runs, five RBIs, and the Rangers are back in the World Series for the first time since 2011. So, fellas, Adelise Garcia is a monster. Secondly, it is the first time since 2016 that the Dodgers or Astros aren't in the World Series. Can you believe wow. that? Yeah, isn't that crazy? I feel naked wow. right now. Don't know what to yeah. do. And I, I saw uh, someone, I think disingenuously so, put out that tweet last night that said you've got to be a really sick person to be taking pleasure in the Astros losing right now to which everyone responded with the sickest pictures they could possibly find because dad I don't know if there was a result more preyed on than this we'll get to Michigan football and more yeah. of that maybe that might be the other one preyed on by Big Ten coaches to watch Jim Harbaugh's demise but in Major League Baseball, it feels like people have been waiting a while for this satisfaction, albeit it still came in the ALCS where they have resided for the last seven years and seem like they will in perpetuity, but that was a big one last night. Oh, that was a, a monster one. And how about this? How about the two managers? Oh, by the way, they've been around for a little while, right? Bruce Bochy is now 6-0 and in winner-take-all games. Dusty Baker is 0-4 yeah. in Game 7. Tough. In, in Game 7s. I mean, that, that, that is something. And Bruce Bochy, you know, he won, th what, three titles with, uh, with the Giants. And now trying to get Texas one of 16s that hasn't won a World Series. You know, they went back-to-back -back in 10 and 11, as Jesse mentioned. The last time they were there was 11. They were there in 10 and 11, lost both of those. Uh, and what Garcia, and, and, and Jesse's right, it triggered the bench clear. All he did to trigger it was mash a dinger and then get hit by a pitch. I mean, you know, he didn't do anything, right? He just he just hit the ball a long way. The other team got mad at him for it and threw the ball at him. Didn't like the way he celebrated. This guy's ridiculous. 20 postseason RBIs, but 15 in this series, which is the most all-time in a series. Absolutely incredible. When you sit there and go through the box score and, and sit there and read Garcia singles in, Garcia home run, Garcia another Gar Garcia home run. I mean, it, it, it's crazy what he was able to do, and they jumped out quick uh, in this one. I think it was, what, 8-2 to two, uh, after four innings. So, I mean, they jumped on him early, and that, that's been a key in these things. And they did it with three in the first. Second, second batter, I think it was Corey Seager, hit a, home, a solo shot as a second batter of the game. So, jumping out quick in this one and hanging on. And you know what we can attribute this victory to as well. Can we play the Rangers oh music, please and thank you? Kind of 
of lost some of the lyrics right after. They, they did. Can you take me higher? Yeah. That was a yeah. little disconcerting for a group that's apparently been getting bucked to this song for a while. But what is better than getting drunk with the boys in the locker room listening to Creed? That had to be a throwback to some late nights for those guys. Uh, just letting the power once again of Creed, the official winning song of the Minnesota Vikings, 2-0 and when listening to that song before games, and the rallying cry for this Rangers squad as they get to the World Series now, which is going to be incredible. Um, they also had this. Speaking of sounds, I want to ask you guys both this question because one of my favorite things in sports is the background noise that you hear in any given soundbite for that sport. When you think of basketball, the NBA is getting ready to start tonight. Right. There are a few things better than that sound of feet squeaking on the hardwood in the background of any NBA soundbite. It lets you know we're really there and it's really time. Listen to this sound in the background of Bruce, Bruce Bochy in the locker room as this team is also getting ready to celebrate. First of all, I'm going to tell you what an honor and privilege it is. Man, it's an incredible team. So much heart and determination. Came in here against all odds. You went to Tampa. You went to Baltimore. I can't say I've ever seen a club that played with more heart. Thanks, and I'm going to ask. Congrats on wearing the horns in Texas and going to the World Series. Wow. The, the champagne <laughs> bottles constantly popping through that is that is pleasing to me in the way that popping bubble wrap is. I don't know why I yeah. found that so soothing. Is there a better sound we can think of in sports for any reason than champagne bottles popping during your post-game speech, knowing you're going to the World Series and about to get doused in champagne? Probably just if they're the sound of them popping after you've won the World Series. But still just yeah. the, the popping sound is elite. That was very cool. That was it reminded me when when I was at school here, the engineering building. I, I forgot what day of the week. It might have been Thursdays, Wednesday or Thursdays that, that they showed a movie. OK, oh, I, <laughs> I know where so, this is going. So, and it was like a buck to get in, Jesse. And so you'd line up. And it was like just something. This to do is during, at Notre Dame where my dad Notre is back Dame. right now. It, so he's in a the student at Notre Dame in this the story. engineering building. Uh, they, they had, you know, it was like a large auditorium where they had class, but they would make it a movie theater on whatever night of the week it was. It's like a buck to get in and you go in there and then they, they show, you know, a, a movie and they always get packed. Obviously you couldn't, you, you know, you weren't allowed to drink there, but <laughs> you'd go in there and you'd sit down and the lights would be on. Everybody would be talking, milling around, blah, blah, blah. And then all at once they're going to start the movie and the lights go off. And the lights would go off, and all you would hear would be everybody, everybody opening their beer <laughs> to drink. It was it became just kind of a joke that everybody waited when the lights went off. It was just like a firework of beer cans being opened up. There's some, yeah. Well, that was my place. You know, I, I, at first I was going to major in math, and then major in engineering. You know, and and then you know it just kind of went from there. That was the one Whatever. thing you and I had in common was thinking that we were going to major in anything math related. And then I took Calc 2 and I realized that was never going to no, happen. No, that was actually that was not, it boy. was actually not me. It was, it was my brother, Bob, who thought about it as well. I think for about as long as you until reality struck. Um, yeah, I, I never even thought about that. As I said, I was good at simple math. All the, when it got to the math where they said, show your work, I was done. 
Yeah, no, uh, thankfully, by the time Jesse and I were in college, they had invented one of the most important instruments in the history of modern schooling, and that's the TI-83 calculator, folks, that not only is capable ah. of doing advanced computations, but can also hold several video games on it and a couple of study guides that I probably wasn't supposed to have in class. Can't do anything okay. about it now. Read it, nerds. Um, uh. <laughs> the Texas Rangers take their bottle popping to the World Series, and Jesse... Uh, we still got to find out who they're going to face yeah. right now because the Diamondbacks made a bold proclamation pregame and then decided to talk the talk and walk the walk. Yeah, Diamondbacks forcing a Game 7, beating the Phillies 5-1 in Game 6 on Monday. Guys, Philly losing at home for the first time this postseason. And this is the first time both league championship series have gone to Game 7 since 2004. As for Philadelphia, get this. It's the Phillies' 141st season, okay? So it's been a long time. Their 16th trip to the postseason, it will be their first Game 7 ever. Ever. Wow. wow. Isn't that crazy? Wow, that I, really is. That's, that's insane. And the first thing that popped into my peanut idiot brain is... Bryce Harper is about to do the coolest thing imaginable. Like Bryce Harper, who seems, again, like the poster for clutch postseason baseball, seems to relish in this moment, is a cartoon character of the face of a franchise for how much he loves Philly and him wanting to go there and basically die there. The way he structured his contract, it seems like, Dad, this guy's about to do the absolute coolest thing possible, walk off Grand Slam in the bottom of the ninth type stuff because that just seems like his destiny. Well, I mean, he better, or somebody better. They had just, <laughs> this is a team used to mashing dingers. They had six hits last night. Arizona jumped again early, three in the second, and then one more in the fifth and seventh. So, you know, they're up 3 1 after two innings. They, they went out quick in this one. And so you play all those games in the regular season, then to the postseason to get to this point, and it comes down to one stinking game. So, yeah, I mean, you that's what we always say. In series, it's the better team normally ends up on top, but these Diamondbacks, you know, are saying, as, as we heard, you know, we didn't cr come cross country to get our bleeps kicked. You know, we came here to win, and they are one game away from representing in the National League. I like bleeping out ass so people have to wonder what it was until that moment. The real That's mystery of it That's what I did it for, all. just the mystery of it, yeah. The mystery of it all. Well, uh, the Astros going home, which puts an end for some people to one of the biggest sign-stealing shows that we have seen <laughs> in modern uh, sports. Coming up next, they handed off the baton to the University of Michigan, apparently. We will sort, sort through this sign-stealing scandal next. Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIT. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus, 21+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. 
Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. The Michigan sign-stealing saga continues. That was a lot of S's. We've got some new information about how this all went down. So according to sources at 11 different league schools, Connor Stallions, which we've established sounds like a fake name but is not a fake name, the suspended Michigan staffer, real person, at the center of this probe, purchased tickets in his own name for more than 30 games over the past three years at 11 different Big Ten schools. Also, video evidence of sideline taping is expected to be sent to the NCAA this week, caught by stadium surveillance earlier this year. And take a look at this graphic, okay? So, a bit damning here. Over the last three seasons, while Connor Stallions was allegedly off sign stealing, Michigan is 33-3, and with two college football playoff appearances and two Big Ten titles. And then over the prior six seasons to that, when allegedly there was not sign stealing happening, 49 and 22 with zero college football playoff appearances and zero Big Ten titles. Now, guys, there's a lot of factors, you know, sure. to look into the last three years, strength of schedule, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But still, when you see it laid out like this, it's not great. Well, and Jesse, that's the goal, right? For the people that are the source of the information here. It's about trying to cloud the way that you view that. Because you mentioned there's so much that goes into the body of every game. Um, there was a great article. Bruce Feldman, I believe, did an article a few years ago now on a coach who was nameless for the article but talked about his efforts to help steal signs during games and the gamesmanship and the art around that and how really it only ends up affecting potentially a handful of plays because some teams change their signs because it's hard to get a beat on this stuff for all the different reasons situationally in a football game this big complicated living breathing thing that it might only affect a handful of plays but dad especially on the highest end because that's where I think of this in more high leverage games against better opponents in bigger situations this is the thing that will probably cl cloud that area the most not what they've done against Rutgers or the teams in the bottom end of the Big right, Ten right. spectrum but what they do in the biggest games especially in the last few years when you've been able to slay the dragon and beat your rival in Ohio State and make it to the playoff so, I, I mean is this this is Spygate all over again is it not from the yes. Patriots years ago where they were caught taping the signals of the Jets you know during the game and, and deemed you know obviously an advantage uh, for them, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell deemed it be in violation of league rules. Um, so, I, which by but, the way, uh, here, Dad, it is too. So, just for the the specifics of the rules, we talked about the NCAA rule against scouting in person that's been on the book since 1994. But the other rule now, this would be Article 11, Section H of the NCAA rule book that says any attempt to record either through audio or video means any signals given by an opposing player, coach, or other team personnel is prohibited so we're now really in the thick of it you and I said when we talked about this the other day too that if it got to the point where it was videotaping the signs which seems yeah. like as we arbitrarily uh, try and draw a line under what we deem acceptable in this bit of gamesmanship around science dealing this seems like a clear violation of art right, you've gone a bridge too far now if you're videotaping it so so they're going to get nailed here right especially when the video comes out that's going to be the most damning thing like anything else if you're caught on video you're caught uh, are, are, and, and everybody's going to say, are they the first team to do it, the last team to nope. do it, or are other teams doing it? Certainly they are, but they got caught, or they're about to get caught from the video side of it. So, so what happens? What, what, how much is tainted? I mean, you guys had your 12 wins vacated your senior year. We have more when you guys than that. went to, the, yeah, what's that? 
I said we had more than that, actually. The NCAA owes me. Oh, they owe you. But, I mean, it was for nothing on the field, correct? It was for, yeah, it was, for, it was for an academic violation. There was like right. a cheating scandal that went on involving a couple of current so, Notre Dame football players and one of the student teachers, and that was the source. Now, to our point, nothing affecting the actual game on the it, field it, but cost the wins there. But but And still, vacating wins, like, what? it doesn't do anything, right? No. I mean, it, it does nothing. So what's going to happen? If you're caught with your hand in the cookie jar, and as, as I've said, and I will continue to say, they would not be the only team to do it, but they got caught. Uh, so what happens? That's going to be the thing. And I know there's talk of the committee is human when they start voting for placing, and what will they do? Let me tell you something. If there's no nothing that comes down from the NCAA and Michigan goes undefeated, Michigan's going to be in the playoffs. That committee is not going to vote them out of the playoffs. And you know, the committee, I'm sure, is going to be told, hey, don't don't put this into your train of thought until we see, you know, if there are if there are any discipline coming from the NCAA. So that's going to be the question. Ward, Ward Manuel, Michigan's AD, is on the college football playoff yes. committee, by the way. So that's and, going to be very interesting to watch how they handle that during the proceed. And for anyone unfamiliar, usually when your team is being discussed, if you've got a school that you're yeah, affiliated you're with, out. there's athletic directors and former yeah. coaches, you're recused from those conversations and those discussions to prevent any sort of conflict of interest. But again, they're human beings. They all sit around and right. talk besides just in the committee room. And I believe there are at least three former coaches on the committee yeah. as well. And we know what coaches would think about, you know, if you're getting your signs stolen from you illegally. So that's going to be the question going forward. You know, this isn't, you know, buying a burger for a kid and sitting out three games where you're going to blow out the opponents anyway. What's going to happen? What will happen to this? And, and, and I love some of the conspiracy theorists out there that are saying, well, this is a move to try and drive, you know, Michigan fans thinking to get Harbaugh out of here, to get him back to the NFL. I mean, stop it. I mean, listen, before he was winning the last couple of years, a guy named Nick Saban was winning all over the place. Dabo Swinney was winning huge in Clemson as well. And do we hear any theories of, of everybody trying to, anybody trying to get them out of their college, you know, coaching back into the NFL? I mean, come on. You know, th this was Michigan trying to get away from with something. Who all know? Who all knew? Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. The bottom line is this guy was associated. Connor Stallion, still an incredible name, with Michigan. So that to me is the only question going forward: is what is going to happen to Michigan? More importantly, what's going to happen, if anything, to this year's team? Yeah, I don't think anything. I, I don't really either. Don't like I don't based either. on we nope. don't really have a precedent for something like this happening during the season. And with the NCAA, we know that these things take time. I mean, think about those FBI probes into college basketball and all the impropriety that was going on there, involving shoe companies and different right. things. That took years. That was something I remember Jay Billis going on TV saying that was going to shake the bedrock of college basketball, and it did nothing, and nothing. it took years. And so. I don't know how they're going to look at this where they're still going to have to prove. What did Jim Harbaugh know? Did he know anything? Does that matter when it's someone on your staff that's been right. deemed guilty or caught doing this if that ends up being the case? All these things take a long time, even if you've got a bunch of willing parties clearly offering up information to you. And, Dad, in that time period, if they go out and win a national championship, which on the field they're capable of doing, yep. yeah, you can vacate those wins. It ain't going to change what anybody saw. But exactly with this right. information in the background, maybe it'll change the way 
some people feel about it, but the sands of time do a pretty good job erasing all of that. We don't talk about the Patriots Spygate championships any differently than anything else now in retrospect. Agreed. Spygate, the flake gate with the Patriots. They have a couple of things that people look at them and say, oh, see, see what's going on. By the way, Tom Brady, Michigan guy. Yeah, what do they got? Seven rings on their fingers, you know, just dangle those and say, okay, so what? You know, I mean, so you're right. I don't think there's going to be any effect this year. And if Michigan goes on and wins a title, it will just be people saying, oh, well, we don't like the way he got it. And so what? They're going to say, so what? It's the way it goes. We got the ring on our finger. We're the national champs if, in fact, they're able to do that. The bigger question for Michigan fans, and you brought it up, there's a, a, an idea that this is like a calculated slight, right. which when you've got, you know, 11 different people offering up information, it can certainly feel that way but it is the reality of if there were to be serious punishment here if Jim Harbaugh who's already still being investigated by the NCAA still hasn't had the penalty actually levied for what went on the cheeseburger violations that are idiotic but still hanging out there would this manifest in some sort of punishment for the head coach that would maybe get him, give him pause and make him think about trying to go back to the NFL where people always thought that might be a thing anyway. We do that dance with Jim Harbaugh every couple of off-seasons where people wonder if he's going to go back there, and I think that's more of the existential dread that creeps in for Michigan fans is you finally got this thing right and Jim Harbaugh's bearing the fruit that you expected and wanted all along. Could this be a thing that pushes him away and upends all of that? So it's going to be, is he going to pull a Pete Carroll, right? Yes. It's, Dump it's, out of USC the, yeah. when the violations hit USC and go go on to the NFL. Uh, we'll see. But I'm with you. Bottom line is I don't think anything happens to the actual team this year as they march forward. Connor Stallions, definite porn name. They probably assumed it sounded so fake they didn't have to change it. And a paper trail. Be better at cheating I mean, if seriously. you're going to cheat. That's the biggest takeaway from this entire ordeal. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik, and welcome back to this league. The NBA starts tonight with two matchups of the best in the West. Suns and Warriors are the nightcap, but the much-anticipated Western Conference Finals rematch between the Lakers and Nuggets gets us started, and it's going to be ring night for Denver. So after sweeping L.A. in the Western Conference Finals, there was some trash talk this summer, and the Lakers did take notice. LeBron was asked about all the offseason back and forth, and here's what he had to say. There will be a time. <laughs> uh, when that time is, I don't know. I don't know if it's now or there will be a time. There will be a time when everybody will get it. 
All right, the guys talked with Shea Serrano and Jason Concepcion, the, the co-hosts of a new podcast series called Six Trophies, which covers all things pop culture, NBA. Take a look. All right, this is the kind of appearance uh, that we are very much looking forward to. You guys know them from a variety of stops along the way, but uh, for the intents and purposes of this podcast, Shea Serrano, Jason Concepcion, the co-host of the new podcast series, Six Trophies, that you guys can get now wherever you get your podcast. Or, Jason, as I saw your mom referred to it as Six Figures, which is nice and there. Well, the money's <laughs> always on her mind for sure. Uh, she's not sure that this is a real job or that I have ever been employed over the last several years. So it's oh, kind no. of a, it's a Freudian. It's a, a, a psychological slip by her there. Yeah, you get the whole, uh, you're going to get a real job at some point. <laughs> she just keeps, she's always asking me, and you're making money. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Don't worry about it. You're okay? You have a, you're working right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I promise you I'm working. Well, guys, we appreciate the time and, and excited about this. And for both of you guys, uh, you know, Shay, Jason, you guys both have a lot going on outside of just the world of sports. You know, Shay, accomplished author. You've got some great shows out right now. I, I, I'm curious what brings you guys back to basketball. This project obviously has a bunch of the pop culture stuff people are used to with your guys, but centered around mm -hmm. basketball and your guys love of the game. What, what brought you, what brings you guys back to basketball every time? I think for me anyway, basketball is my favorite sport. I'm certain it's the same way for Jason. Mm -hmm. And I'm just always trying to be around it as much as possible and trying to enjoy it as much as possible and trying to talk about it as much as possible. So as soon as there was like a little bit of free air, some, some free time, I hit up Jason and was like, hey, let's, you want to do like a, we should, we've never done a basketball thing together, like a long-term basketball project. Do you want to try and figure this out? And he was like, no, I don't want to do that at all with you. <laughs> yeah, <I wasn't>. <laughs> <laughs> it took me, it took me a while to talk him into it, but then I did. And now here we are with the show and it's going great. Shay, what's this been like for you, the Wembenyama fever? Where's the excitement <laughs> at this point as we are now, I mean, getting ready to embark on this quest that started with, for most people, a few clips as we are getting ready for draft time because he's yeah. overseas. A lion's share of the U.S. fans hadn't seen him. Then we get the little tease during summer league. Now we've gotten the preseason action. How high are you ready to climb with this? Uh, as, as high as that ladder will go. Like I'm at the, I'm at the top step on the ladder balancing – reaching even even further because every game he does something and you're like what the heck yep. just happened the miami heat game i thought that's a, the first preseason game and he had like four plays that you had never seen on a basketball court before and then uh last night when they're playing he does a he nutmegs a defender seven <laughs> foot four in the open court nutmegs a defender and then throws a no look pass on a fast break like what are we what are we talking about? You can't oversell him right now. You can't be too excited. You have to be as excited as possible, and that's still not enough. Uh, you know, along those lines, is this – do we think this is Popovich's kind of last gasp at – listen, he's a, he's a Hall of Fame coach. He's had great teams. But as he's been coaching for a long time, is this his last kind of star to get his team back to the top again? I would, I would assume so just based on how, uh, how long he's been in the game. He just signed a five-year extension. Uh, but let's also, let's make sure we're being, we're being respectful here. We're talking, sir, about the greatest basketball coach who has ever lived. You just threw it out there. <laughs> this is the greatest coach to have ever done it. It's going to go pretty good for us, I think.
Is that is that the biggest headline going into the NBA season? I feel like coming off the offseason, so much happens over the course of an NBA offseason. Damian Lillard finally changing teams. Does that jump it just because of, Jason, the number of teams that the Damian Lillard transaction affected along the way? It's certainly one of the biggest storylines because of the two best teams in the East both got significantly better. Uh, the 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 Bucks and the Celtics, and you know, Dame has never had a teammate like Giannis. Giannis has never had a teammate that could explode offensively like Dame. Um, and how those two are going to play together, um, whether that team can maintain its defensive edge, uh, is it, going to be really really exciting to see. And then the Celtics, off of the knock on effects of that trade, obtained Drew Holiday, which is Sadly, as a Knicks fan, I say exactly the kind of player that they needed. <laughs> yeah. um, and they got significantly better, too, taking big swings with, uh, with adding Porzingis. Another thing I absolutely hate is a, as a fan <laughs> of the team that drafted him. Uh, and, they, I, and they look really great. So the East is it, it's going to be an absolute uh, war between those two teams. It's going to be really, really fascinating to see how they match up. So Dame went, when Dame went to Milwaukee, the odds changed and they made they became the favorite. Shay, do you agree with that? Do you think they're the top team coming in? I I I no, I don't think they're the top team. I don't think they're gonna win. Um, but I think I think they're gonna be the best team in the East. I think they're going to make the finals. I do think it's a if we're ranking storylines, that's probably the number one storyline of the offseason. Because when it gets down to it, if it's like let's say it's it's him versus the Wimby storyline. The playoffs are what's important. The championship is what's important. Well, this, the Spurs might make the playoffs. They're probably going to win like 34, 35 games this season. We're going to get a bunch of great highlights. <laughs> that's, that's not his – that's not like the goal with that team yet. But with the Dame Giannis one, Jason and I talked about this briefly before, this will be the first time I think in Dame's career where if he doesn't win a championship, there's going to be some like, hey, what happened? That's never yeah. – he's never had that on his shoulders before. You know what I mean? It's really – that's like a really juicy, fun thing to – to bite into. And I think so much of the offseason drama with that in mind is tilted towards the East because you're right, Dame's occupied mm-hmm. the space where he's been mm-hmm. largely recused from all the championship or non-championship <laughs> slander we usually throw on guys. Yeah. I do want to look out in the West, though, because two guys that are usually at the center of that, I feel like have kind of been able to go through this offseason relatively untalked about. LeBron James and the Lakers, and then Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns. It doesn't feel like nationally we've been hyper-fixated on those two teams. What's your guys' level of confidence in either of those teams to crack back into that upper crust of the Western Conference this season? And Shay, you have the Suns. You have the Suns going my to the finals. Pick. You have the really Suns pick. winning the finals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Please tell I us. Think oh, you're very confident is the answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they're going to. I think they're going to surprise Denver in the Western Conference Finals. I think that's what's going to happen. I also think that when it does happen, it's going to be like, it's going to feel like what it's felt like each time KD has won a championship, where you're like, all right, that was cool. And then what's the next thing? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what it's gonna. That's what it's gonna feel like. But I, that. But I think that that's my pick for for the championship this year. Right. Really. Now. I think the Nuggets go back to the finals. I still think that they're the best team with the most continuity. Their core is still really young. Jokic is, is freaking incredible. As for the Lakers, uh, I saw LeBron <laughs> in a clip recently uh, dunk off two feet. 
to me, that's like, uh oh, he really is kind of getting old. I, I've never seen him. <laughs> I've never seen him go up off two feet before. It, it worried me. Now, if Anthony Davis is healthy <laughs> for the whole season, right? If Austin Reeves takes the leap that a lot of people expect, maybe they can uh, stay in the hunt all season to the point that they're not fighting to get into the play-in and stuff. But um, I'm mildly concerned. Seeing him dunk off two feet, and then in that clip, he's making, like, these, he's making those noises like a dad, you know, like, <laughs> kind of noises. I'm, where, I'm a little concerned. I do know those noises, by the way. I was going to say, what, what does father time catching up look like? Yeah. It looks oh, yeah. like dunking yeah. off two feet. When yeah, exactly. <laughs> guys, we could sit here and do this all day with you guys. A ton of fun. Everyone, make sure you check out six trophies that will be, no doubt, probably getting into six and seven figures, uh, much to the delight of Jason's mom here. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys so much. I hope we will talk to you again soon as the season gets rolling. I appreciate you.